This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Sometimes it's the shorter books that pack the most punch. Martin Zagnov has written two. The first, The Inner Master, Finding Joy, is a self-help book with every sentence carefully chosen to meaningfully impact on one's life. The second, Jews and Israel offers a fresh perspective on an age-old conflict. I'm delighted to have Martin as my guest now to tell me more. Martin, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Therese. Martin, um, two very different books. Uh, shall we start with the Israel one first? Okay, go for it. Um, Martin, what prompted you to write? It must be the shortest book I've ever read on the Middle East. And you really do get to the point quite quickly. Why did you write the book? Uh, because there are a lot of things I, w- I would like to clear up about Israel and Jews, mostly uh, negative perceptions. Right. So your book is not for the Jewish audience, it's for the non-Jewish audience, correct? Um, it's for everyone, Jews, non-Jews, Semites, anti-Semites. <laughs> uh, and, and you've chosen, you want to just clear up misconceptions, so you don't go into the full 3,000-year history, but you choose very significant parts of that history. Do you want to talk me through that? Let's talk about uh, Jews and money. There's a perception that we're all greedy and uh, money-grabbing, but um, many of us aren't. The psychology behind a miser is a fear of losing everything and becoming destitute and having a need to hoard. Right. Uh, very very often we've been expelled from countries and deprived of things, and there was, for many Jews, a, uh, a want to hoard money and to keep diamonds in the, in the shoes just in case they need to run and reestablish themselves elsewhere. But in spite of that, we're, we're a very charitable people, right. and many of us are not at all interested in business. So so you're looking at negative stereotypes. What are some of the other negative stereotypes that you focus on? The Holocaust. It's difficult for us to be objective about the subject and to prevent another Holocaust soon afterwards. A number of exaggerations and myths arise. Or so I felt. The one is that the Jews were led like lambs to the slaughter, when in fact that that wasn't really the case. They were very often tricked into thinking that the gas chambers were showers and that they were being sent to work, not to concentration camps. The the, the camps were secrets, and the Nazis didn't want to scare the Jews into resisting, and they didn't want to shock the world into fighting against the concentration camps, so they kept it a state secret. It only came to light very late in the war that what, the, about the existence of Auschwitz and what, what was happening there. What was really happening. Um, yeah, I remember a Holocaust survivor actually telling the story that the Red Cross came to visit and she as an inmate was forced to put on a nurse outfit and pretend to be administering help rather than being somebody who was a victim of, of um, the Holocaust. So it is... I mean, the duplicitiveness was almost insane, actually, when you think about it. Martin, you also, in your book, look at the different kinds of people that make up the Jewish uh, faith. You know, Why did you choose to do that? I was drawn to wanting to give each side's perspective, whether it's the ultra-Orthodox, the Zionists, the anti-Zionists, and, and everyone else, even, even the Germans and, and Arabs. I was trying to give it a balanced perspective of everyone and everything. Without uh, whitewashing anything or focusing only on the bad, I tried to present every every side and perspective. Right. And you also, um, you, you, you used the word balance. 
You want to provide yeah. balance that there are two narratives there and by understanding either both narratives, you can actually perhaps move forward. What is your vision forward going forward? In every conflict, each side is convinced that it's correct while the truth is, is roughly in the middle. And we see that in Israel with in the, in the fight between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Each, each one sees themselves as a victim and is convinced that they're right and the others are totally in the wrong. And with those blinkers on, they'll never achieve peace. They'll never have a Mandela effect in, in, in that country, which is a great pity, of course. Which does, in a way, bring you to the second book, which is called The Inner Master. Yeah, and as you pointed out, that's totally different. It's completely different, but I can see a connection because you're talking in the Middle East about being objective and providing perspective. And in a way, your book, yeah. The Inner Master, Finding Joy, is also looking for yeah. some kind of objectivity in terms of living your life. And do you want to tell me the history of that book? Um, yes. I, uh, at the age of 12, I had quite a bad depression. There were a lot of things going wrong. No, no major trauma, but just lots of things happening in a very short period of time. And I changed from being adventurous and naughty to becoming depressed. And uh, I think those were my school fees in a way. And as a result, I read a lot of self-help books. I did courses after school. And uh, also I've been observing people for over 50 years all my life. I've been fascinated by them. And that uh, that was the back what gave me the information needed to to write that second book. And what's nice about that second book is it draws inspiration from all different kind of ideologies and faiths. You've got a bit of perspective, a little bit of, um, you know, Jewish religious perspectives. Where did you get your inspiration from? I went to a, a modern Orthodox Jewish school and was religious for 11 years. So I, I, le- and I did a lot of extra learning on the side when, when I was religious in the beginning. And um, I learned, picked up a lot about Judaism. And also after that, I read other, other faiths. You're correct, I did give a balance and quite other religions, but, but mostly Judaism. Yeah, I mean, as I said, every single word and every single story in that book is well chosen. You're not wasting time or energy. You, but you've got different stories to highlight different aspects, be it um, depression, as you say, or self-confidence or addiction. Where did that? How did you decide in what way, how? Um, it wasn't a conscious decision at all. It just came together. Uh, I felt that I wanted to share what I what I knew and read about and experienced and saw. And, and that's what the result was. That's what came out. And in terms of structuring it, you move, I mean, it's not only about, um, it's not only about helping yourself, but it's also developing self-confidence. It's about, you know, implementing change in your life. You were very clear yes. about what you wanted to get from the book. Okay. I never thought about it in those terms, um, but it is, it is, it is to the point. You want to promote happiness, confidence, and change, but you also deal with issues such as depression and addiction. And very often they're related. Okay. Very often. Take addiction, for example. Um, a lot of people who are taking uh, drugs or drinking alcohol are trying to self-medicate against depression, anxiety, and other stuff. What do you feel overall people should be doing to promote general health and well-being? Not to think too much, as my one rabbi used to tell me, especially in negative stuff, when the mind goes round and round like a washing machine. 
with all negative thoughts and most of them are, are untrue. They don't happen. And it's like we're living our lives with the soundtrack of a horror movie in the background. And, uh, it just scares us and, and makes us anxious. Um, as, as Jews, we're, we're prone to depression and anxiety quite a lot due, due mostly to our difficult history. And, uh, a psychologist once told me, a Jewish psychologist, uh, this. She said that Jews are, are prone to depression and, and anxiety, but not so much to schizophrenia, interestingly enough. Right. And um, so it's our it's our challenge to to let go of this mind talk, this mind chatter, because it doesn't serve us. In fact, it brings us down. Very very often, the mind wants to protect us from harm, and it thinks of the worst case scenarios. But but usually that just jams us up, and it's unnecessary. Martin, what has the reception to your books been? I haven't had much of a reception, but people seem to like it, like them. Uh, Martin, I often see you as a letter writer to newspapers, and I know during the COVID period you've been writing letters also to, you know, help people get through the the awful pandemic that hit us. Kind of your closing remarks before I ask you for details for the book on, on COVID and getting through the kinds of things that we see today. As I mentioned, there's this mind talk which, which turns us up. And, uh, during COVID, it may have been difficult to see light at the end of the tunnel, but now we are seeing it. The, the horizon COVID is virtually over. So there's, there's often hope when we don't see it. But I, I'm not saying that we should be reckless and, uh, ignore warning signs. We, we need to be balanced and realistic. If anybody would like to get copies of your books. Um, I've got a few copies. I brought a few in and, um, Mostly, though, they're available on Kindle and from Amazon. So I'm just going to repeat the two titles. It's The Inner Master, Finding Joy, and Jews and Israel, uh, Offering a Fresh Perspective. Martin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for the opportunity and the honor. That was Martin Zagnov, author of two new books that both pack a powerful punch.